Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to Following On here on TalkSport 2. I'm Mark Butcher and I'm joined by the former England bowler Steve Harmison and former West Indies internationals Sir Curly Ambrose and Phil O'Wallace to look back at England's six-wicket win over the West Indies in Antigua as they level the three-match series one apiece. We'll discuss all the major talking points from today's game, look ahead to Saturday's decider and hear exclusively from both captains. So plenty to discuss over the next 20 minutes. You're listening to Following On. Well, after the uh, thrills and spills of the three-match series opener in Antigua, this one was a much more straightforward affair for England. Joss Butler winning the toss, deciding to switch tack and uh, bowl first. England's bowlers, particularly Sam Curran in the power play, responded magnificently. Curran picking up uh, three for 33 after breaking Steve Harmison's record of the most expensive uh, 10-over analysis for an England bowler in ODIs. Uh, and the rest of the uh, bowling card also did a wonderful job. Two for 28 for Atkinson. Rayan Ahmed with two for 40. His second um, two-wicket uh, spell in the series so far, both yielding just 40 runs. And Liam Livingston having a, another good day with his mixture of leg breaks and off breaks, picking up three for 39. As far as the response was concerned, well, England got off to a flyer once again. Phil Salt with 21 from 15 before he was bowled by uh, Romario Shepard. Crawley followed him shortly after, after a bit of an ugly swipe off the left arm spin of Moti for just three. Duckett was uh, once again out sweeping, this time the ball ballooning off a glove and being caught by Shea Hope behind the stumps. But then after that, it was a procession. Harry Brook played in a style that he's spoken about um, ever since his uh, his trials and tribulations in the World Cup. He spoke to Virat Kohli about the tempo of batting in 50-over cricket and seems to have uh, learned some valuable lessons there following up his uh, 70 in the first game with an undefeated score of uh, just over 40 in the run chase. And Joss Butler, well, that's the major news perhaps for England today is that their captain 
for the first time in what seems like an absolute age has passed 50, ending up 58 not out with a couple of really fantastic signature Joss Butler blows down the ground and England comfortably winning the match by six wickets. I've got Steve Harmison and Philo Wallace with me here. Um, we perhaps expected a, a fight back from England. Um, Philo talked about consistency was the thing that West Indies needed more than anything else. That certainly went down the went down the drain after the power play, really, for England. But England bounced back. Sam Curran answered a few of his critics. And as I mentioned before, Joss Butler back in the runs. That's happy news for England fans. Absolutely, Butch. Yeah, happy news is, is what we wanted to hear, the, the Sam Curran was he was always going to bounce back when you have a day like Sam had when nothing goes right for you um, the, the beauty about for me was the wicket he got and the confidence that he got from the wicket it completely changed his action you know he got the ball to, to swing he bowled a lot straighter to the to the, to the, the right hander where before he was giving them lots of width and then we sat here probably an hour and 20 minutes ago Butch and we're talking about the England captain and it just spent some time in the middle you know, you've got no pressure of run rates. You've got no pressure on the game. You just hang in there and you bat balls. I'm not bothered how many runs you get. You know, the players around you will get the runs. But I think Joss Butler at the time and the way, you know, 11 innings I think he had, he was averaging 11 runs in the last in the last 11 ODIs. Just spend some time in the middle. And we, we said if he, if he gets 40 balls, you know, well, you just mentioned there's a couple of special shots in there from Joss, and we were expecting that if he if he did that. And the the, the biggest question for Joss has been over the course of the last well, 11 innings of spending 40 balls in the middle, and that was a pleasure to see at the end. He hit O'Shane Thomas over his head for six to get to 50. O'Shane Thomas has bowled 140 kilometres an hour. Just that's what shows you the class of Joss Butler. But it took a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work to get him to that position in the first place. I'm so pleased for the England captain. I really am. Yep, Will Jack's also uh, making a half century. He, uh, he came out like a whirlwind, as, as he tends to do at the top of the order, and, uh, and rather sort of put the game to bed. I suppose there was a little bit of a fight back from Moti uh, in removing Sir Duckett and, uh, and uh, Crawley. But, uh, but Jack's at the top really put the, the West Indies opening bowlers under pressure. Are you happy about the combination that West Indies are hitting them with, with that new ball? combination at all um, but I think that Ocean Thomas should be using that new ball with Alzari Joseph uh, over the years of fast bowlers hunting pairs and the lead selector Dr. Demos Humble Desmond he said that we are building towards 2027 where Mario Shepard is not going to bowl on new ball in 2027 at the World Cup you have to give the person who is more favorable to be there to bowl that new ball I think is Ocean Thomas he's just he's just under Alzarian pace they've just came out of the first class uh, Super 50 competition bowling together and I would like to see hopefully in Barbados that they give him the new ball and give him a run and let him express himself by bowling fast let's face it this game was uh, was lost um, from a West Indian point of view in the power play with the bat wasn't it? they were four down for 23 and uh, very few teams come back from there yeah, we need to look at the brittleness of the top order as well. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that if you open it a special, a specialist position, Alec Antonis has done it in, in, in Abu Dhabi. He, he doesn't do it for his franchise in the region. There's an opening batter by the name of Yana Otley. <clears throat> I think he should be given the opportunity to bat. He's a left-hander. He scored runs in the Super 50. He and Brandon King at the top. And Alec can bat at number three. I, I don't see that Casey Carty is out of form from Super 50 cricket. And I don't think he should be playing. But when you look at it, if you pinch off three early wickets, we're going to find ourselves in trouble, which West Indies have done. And then there's so much pressure on the captain. 
he cannot express himself like what he has done in the, in the first game on, on Sunday because he now has to rebuild an innings. And then wickets are still tumbling. So he, he's in a holding pattern until he found an allied in, in Rutherford and they had a little partnership. But then again, that got broken and then the whole middle and lower middle order exposed. It collapsed, yeah. 129 run partnership between uh, Rutherford and Shea Hope. We know all about Shea Hope, what a fabulous player he is. 114 ODI innings to go past uh, 5,000 runs, level with uh, Sir Vivian Richards, no less. Uh, but good news though, Shafane Rutherford in only his second one day international, passing 50 for the first time. He looked uh, he, he looked composed out there. He, he played a, an extraordinary innings in his opening match. His first ball for six. Uh, a review for LBW having a massive swipe second ball and then out third ball. But today he looked uh, he looked a little bit more like uh, he was at home in the second ODI. Yes, and this pitch played a lot better as well. I must commend the ground staff at the, at the Savivian Richards Stadium for the two services that they put up, particularly the second one. But when you look at the way how, how Rutherford went about his innings today, you can see him working, looking to push the ball around and get momentum uh, in his batting. And then once he, uh, once he get past 50, then we saw him starting to express himself. Unfortunately, he got out at the wrong time. But you can see that he he, he learned from Sunday. He played three, he faced three balls on Sunday, and he was out on the third ball. He hit the first for six. We know he had, has that in him to hit the balls for six. But you need to spend more time at the at the crease if you're going to if you're going to be anything at, at the international level. It's time spent at the crease, and you get runs. And he's he can score runs because we know what he can do. And I'm happy for him. And I just hope now he can just move into Barbados with some more confidence and look to do even better than what he's done in Antigua. And a couple of uh, great fast bowlers alongside me. Steve, I'll start with you. So, Kurtley Ambrose is waiting patiently for us out there in Antigua. Gus Atkinson, um, you've seen a, quite a bit of him bowl now over the course of last summer um, and, and now in this uh, England white ball setup. What do you think that uh, his attributes, what does he bring to this England side? I think he, he, he's, a, he's a fine bowler. He's a good line bowler. He hits the deck, and that's the thing that I enjoyed about him in this game. There was some in inconsistency of the surface early in the game with a brand new ball and I thought Sam Curran floated it up there for the first two or three overs and then when he got his wicket he, he obviously got a lot more confidence of control but Atkinson for me you just seen I think it was the second or third ball he bowled a ball which leapt off a length and it gets you off the end of your seats and when, when people talk about Gus Atkinson, the scene in the summer they talked about him in the 100, he bowls express pace. I don't think he bowls express pace. He's, not, he's nowhere near in the league of Mark Wood or Joffrey Archer when it comes to pace. But because he's got a great wrist position, because he's right behind the ball, he actually utilises all the height he's got. So when he does hit the deck, he hits it with velocity. And if there's any inconsistency in the surface, one, that helps. And because he's right behind it, he's over the top of it, he gets the ball to bounce. He hits the seam and gets the ball to bounce. And as a batter, and I'll throw back to you, as a batter in one-day cricket, what do you want? You want a good surface, you want a flat surface, you want to be able to feel as though you can trust hitting through the line of the ball. I'm not sure batters can really trust themselves facing Atkinson early on with the new ball because he has got a natural variation because of the way he hits the pitch, and that's one of his biggest attributes. Uh, Curly, can you hear me? Thank you uh, yes, for, for waiting patiently, sir. Not the uh, not the result the West Indies would have wanted after a stunning performance on uh, Sunday. Um, you were listening to Steve Harmison there, I take it. Do you, do you agree in terms of uh, Gus Atkinson and, and, and the, the problems that he can pose, particularly on, on West Indian pitches? And, and how might um, the West Indies' top order combat that better and, and not lose so many wickets in, uh, in clusters to the new ball? It's always going to be difficult with a new ball. And I, I, I thought that the West Indian batsmen earlier didn't adapt to the conditions. They were put in a different situation than the first game where they had to chase so they could 
pace the innings, know when to step up, when to pull back. But batting first, they, like they weren't too sure how to, how, how, how to approach the innings. And of course, Sam Curran, I thought he bowled brilliantly, coming back from a, a disaster of a game on Sunday. He came back well, took three early wickets, and set the tone for the rest of the game. Even though West Indies pulled back in the middle session with Captain Shea Hope and Sheffield Rutherford, once both of them were dismissed, it was all downhill again. And clearly, England was the better team today. Yeah, and it certainly uh, was a, a major turnaround uh, from England. Any, uh, any high points for you for, for the West Indies from what you saw out there? Any, any sort of uh, you know, players that you think to yourself, you know what, th- these are guys that can take us forward the next four years to that 2027 World Cup? Well, we all know how good Shea Hope is, how prolific he is in this format. He's been doing that for years. Young Athenaeus, I think, is one for the future. He's a confident young man, has all the shots, which is good. He plays to his limitations. He doesn't try anything too expansive, so he's one for the future. Sheffield Rutherford as well can be very destructive. Had a poor game the first time around. Hit a six off the first ball, which is very unusual and then was dismissed two deliveries later. But he played a much better innings today. He showed that he had the temperament to bat long, attack when necessary, get the runs. Unfortunately, he didn't carry on. He's won as well. You know, but I think all in all, the talent is there. As long as these players decide to stay focused and understand about batsmanship, understand about cricket, when to step up, when to pull back, but one of the things that I, I would like to see them do more is to, to rotate the strike a bit more, get more singles, get more twos, because too often they rely on power hitting. So people, once they can people have been get saying the singles that about and West twos Indian, in between, sorry, they'll be okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I think people have been saying that sort of strike rotation about West Indies and 50 over cricket has been a problem for a very long period of time. What about your specialist subject then in, in terms of fast bowling? Obviously, we've got uh, O'Shane Thomas and Alzari Joseph. Joseph is, uh, is a very, very talented young man and will be around for the West Indies for, for, for many years, one hopes, injuries permitting. Is there, is there anybody else? Is there, are there people we're missing out there in the islands who, uh, who you would like to see involved in this 50 over setup? Any guys with, with real pace? Um, you know, capable of, of unlocking uh, world-class top orders? Well, there aren't a lot of fast bowlers in the Caribbean at the moment with real genuine pace, like an Alzari Joseph or Shane Thomas. But there's a guy I'm looking at, you know, from Guyana. He's now in South Africa with the A-team, Shema Joseph. I think he's 28, but he got some natural pace. He's a raw pace. I'm looking at him to maybe step up into international cricket in the not too distant future but apart from him there are one or two others with not well medium paces fast medium but in terms of genuinely quick bowlers there are not many around at the moment okay well that's a great endorsement from uh, sir curtly ambrose if the selectors are listening look out uh, for the man on his lips curtly we'll let you go thank you very much for your company today it's been great to have you and we'll uh, we'll speak to you again um from barbados no doubt you are with us in barbados aren't you Yes, I'll be there for the, the third and final ODI, but not for the T20s. Okay, great stuff. Thank you very much, uh, Sir Kirtley Ambrose. There, um, Steve. Always interesting listening to uh, to, to Kirtley talk about um, fast bowling. The, the, these surfaces, I know we mentioned it earlier on, but it, it's worth repeating. I think that, that these surfaces for quick bowlers, it's very much 
very much about trying to hit the pitch as hard as, as you possibly can. Um, what do you do in the circumstances where you don't have that pace or we don't have your height? What's the, then what, did, what do the fast bowlers do then? What, what are the skills that you need to be successful in con- get to conditions like the, the well, Caribbean? I think, I think Sam, Sam Curran, you know, we've got a, I think there was a lot of stuff blown out of all proportion when Sam went round the park in, in the first game. He didn't play a great deal in the, in the World Cup. He, he was one of the ones that was forced out of the team early on and then never really got that chance to come back. So he's he probably has, over the course of the last, what, three or four, two or three months, had to have some soul searching and wondering, you know, where's my game at? What do I need to do to get better? I hope he's doing this. And then he's gone into that first game in a on a surface which isn't conducive to his style. He's tried to pitch it up and swing it because he's got a new ball in his hand and he got belted. Now, the beauty about Sam Curran is I like it because he's got a challenge. He, he always wants a challenge. And you spoke about adversity and if anybody gives him some stick, he'll fight back. Um, and I think what we've seen there with his performance, the question you're asking is, you know, what do you do on these surfaces? Well, you've got to be extremely accurate. You've got to mix your pace up. You've got to your fielders in the right position and you've got to build pressure. And I think after the, probably the, I don't know what, 6, 12, 15th ball he bowled today, I think he did that perfectly. I really did. I, and I, I, I've said it a few times on commentary that his action changed once he got that first wicket. I've, I've always said, no, I said it in half time, Sam's a confident guy when he's doing well. And then it seems to just completely go from him when things aren't going so well, like the other day. But you could see there was a spring in his step. You could see his action was changed. You could see he got over and there was a full rotation of where he was trying to land it and how he was trying to get the batter out. So on these surfaces, when you haven't got it all in your favour, you have to either try and figure a way of moving a batter into a position and being extremely accurate to your plan, whether it's cutters, bowling into the pitch, with catchers in and around the bat, in the eyeline of the batter, and then you know with the odd short ball or the odd full ball, then you try and surprise the batter that way when things aren't in your favour. And that's what you have to do as well. Because if you can build pressure in 50-over cricket, you will then say to the batter, well, you're supposed to be scoring at 6-and-over. You're supposed to be scoring 8-and-over. This is the shortest format of the game, so you're supposed to be making the game. So I think sometimes as a bowler, all you have to do is shut one side of the ground off, probably on a surface like this, which is either side of the ground, which is basically say, right, hit me down the ground, and bowl to that plan. And if they try and deviate from hitting you down the ground, which obviously trying to hit you with a cross bat or hit you across the line, either way, through extra cover or through mid-wicket, then you're in the game. Because you've got LBW, you've got catchers in play, and you're hoping that the batter loses his shape. And that, for me, is what I'd be saying to Sam Curran in this, in this, sort of, in this environment. Because if you look at the other two that are on show, Atkinson and Cars, big tall bowlers, hit the deck, and Sam Curran can work with that because they're pushing the batter back. So it works in combinations as well as obviously what you're trying to do as a bowler is that. Mm. Barbados then. You haven't been home for six years or so, Philo. But what can we expect in there from the uh, from the uh, the decider then? It's it's a big game. You know, there'll, there'll be plenty of hype. I know they've been trying to to rally, um, as the, the song goes, rally the, the local support and make sure that the ground is full. Um, 1-1 one, one, is that the absolute perfect scenario for both teams to go in there and put a show I haven't been home for six months but not six years <laughs> <laughs> have you been in this cold it, 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 it feels, feels like, like six, six years, years yeah. Yeah, 16 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously Barbados now is the big showdown uh, the winner takes all and I think that is what uh, the, 
the BCA CWI would have wanted, although they would have liked to close it off here, but that did not happen. Uh, Kensington Oval is a relayed surface. There haven't been a lot of cricket being played there. There's been a lot of um, rehabilitation work going on at the Oval because also you're looking at the T20 World Cup 2024 as well. So with that in mind, the, the, the authorities there decided to relay the surface, and I believe that they're going to put out a nice hard surface, one that is true and one that is good for cricket. And obviously, uh, West Indies will be looking to, to, to win at, at Bridgetown. They have a good record there. Uh, not so good in the recent past, but they've had a good record and they can look back and see, you know, how certain things have done and how, how they've played the game. But they have to go to Barbados with an open mind. They can't go to Barbados in, in with a close In terms of selection mind. or just, to, you know, in terms with of this performance today? I, I, would like, I, would like, I would like to see some changes in, in the 11. I would like to see two proper openers. I think Alec Antonez is our number three. I don't think Casey Carty will, will score runs in Barbados. He didn't score any dump in, in Antigua. And I think he was struggling in Barbados. We expect a bit more bounce. Gus Atkinson and those guys have found their rhythm. And that is key. Barbados will support that that, that, that bounce that Gus, Gus Atkinson will get. And, and also Brendan Cars. I, I also will... Well, also the dilemma of, of Hetmar. I know he's he, he has potential, but... We have Roston Chase with, and he's also an off-spinner who can come in and help with the bowling. So they, they, these are these are good problems, I believe, for the for the selection panel. But they need to up their game. They need to bat better. They need to bat the the English new ball bowlers better, and get a better foundation for Shea Hope and the rest in the middle and lower middle order to come in and cash in. We cannot lose three or four wickets in the power play and expect to be competitive against an England side today who show real class and character and a captain who has shown form. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
Yeah, England, uh, very happy to see uh, Josh Butler back in form. And also, of course, uh, Sam Curran, who bounced back in great style. Here he is speaking with Sam Ellard. Yeah, thank you very much, Butch. I've got, I've got Sam Curran with me. Sam, it's good to see you back with a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, I haven't sparred the last couple of days, <laughs> but um, no, fantastic win and really pleased to contribute. Obviously, a tough couple of days for myself, but it's a great thing about a series is that you can bounce back the next day, and that was the big message from, from above was basically just go out. We did so many things right in that first game, and um, I thought we, pretty, we did that perfect game almost. One question, if I can, just on a Sunday, because we know it was a tough day for you. You've been around now long enough to know what it's like, the media, the talk and stuff like that. How hard can it be, though, to kind of put that to the back of your mind? Or because you play a lot of cricket now, you're kind of just prepared for some criticism if it does come your way? Yeah, I think um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, like you said. But um, to be honest, I didn't feel far away from, from being back at my best. I haven't played that much, to be fair, but that's not an excuse. It was a really tough day, but... That sport, you've got to learn from those things and um, move on, I guess. The West Indies boys had some great striking the other night and um, I think the way you bowl at, bowl at the end, like I have been doing, I think you know there's going to be bad days, but obviously that was a pretty bad day. So um, I think chatting to the experienced players last few days, family and obviously Josh, loads of guys, I think it's just about forgetting about it. Um, I think... A few beers um, and move on, right? Well, yeah, I guess... Yeah, there's a, I think more you've got to learn from it. I think if you... I knew coming into today, I wanted to come out trying to forget about the last performance and um, obviously on this ground um, I found it a little bit tricky with different conditions obviously wind different type of angles I thought I had reflected and could do things better today um, but yeah I think I play, I play so much now I think I've got to have to get a bit of flack here and there but like I said I know the backing is from guys around me and those that matter so um, I'm really happy with today's performance. Well said three wickets for yourself very early on how happy were you the way you bowled and the whole team as well because wickets shared around felt as if you were in control of that West Indies batting innings pretty much throughout. Yeah, we were. Um, to be fair, I think we, we decided to bowl first. Obviously, a bit of a change. Um, we thought the wicket would stay pretty similar like it did the other day. I thought, yeah, to be fair, the first two overs weren't my best, but then I just tried to change the angle, go across a few of the right-handers. Um, they've obviously got some really good players up there, so thankfully a few few edges went my way, and um, yeah, it's always nice to take some wickets, but um, I think the way Livy and Ray and Ahmed bowled was absolutely amazing as well, and um, Gus and Cassie as well, in tough conditions, because the wind's been pretty tough. We bowled in the day here. Yeah, the wind obviously calmed down a little bit this evening, but um, credit, I think, to the batters. Um, Joss, great to see Joss back in the runs. Um, Brookie being Brookie, and um, my sorry teammate, Jaxie, was awesome to see him see him play like that in the England shirt. I'm not sure exactly about that. I mean, you know, Phil Salt really sort of was the aggressor in the last game. How happy is it to see those two going well in the runs and sort of kind of like the old England, I guess, in a way, going really hard early and putting the pressure on the bowlers in that power play? Yeah, I think that's been the message from Josh, to be fair, as um, all those guys coming into the team is, I think, the way Salty, the way Salty plays, obviously, is Salty really attacking Jacksey. I play a lot of cricket with him, so it's amazing as a team sitting in the dugout watching our guys come out hard in that power play. And um, yeah, I think um, just amazing to be, that he, he's won so many games for England like that. It was great to see him not out at the end and um, Brookie being that anchor in the middle as well. Good to see this morning face again. We'll see you in Barbados, mate. We will, yeah. Hopefully we can have a series win and um, yeah, we'll enjoy Barbados. Yeah, good to uh, hear the... Uh the fun and the uh, the excitement in Sam Curran's voice after he bounced back brilliantly. He also mentioned the fact that the uh, the team, the dressing room, was extremely happy to see their captain, uh, Joss Butler, back in the runs and back in form. Uh, and things are all starting to fall into place quite nicely uh, at this stage of this white ball tour. Uh, Sam Arlard also spoke with the England captain. Yeah, thanks, Butch. Joss Butler with me here on the outfield. Look at that big smile on your face. How much do you enjoy that? 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, great to spend some time in the middle um, and uh, be not out to, to win the game is uh, just what you want to do. Just spoke there to Sam Curran. How pleasing is it for you as a captain? We know he had a tough day on Sunday, but he comes back, smile on his face, brilliant with the new ball. We know he's got the quality, but how much does that say about him from a, from a mental point of view? Yeah, I think we've known about his character for a long period of time. You know, uh, player of the tournament in a World T20. Um, anytime he gets challenged, he comes back brilliantly well, and he did exactly that today. And all-round bowling performance as well. Wicket shared. Liam Livingston once again, really, really bowling nicely. How pleased were you with the whole efforts all round with the ball? Yeah, I thought with the ball we were outstanding. Um, I thought Gus Atkinson and Sam really set the tone uh, in that power play to get them 20 for four. Uh, and like you said, Liam Livingston, I thought Ray and Ahmed again, you know, 19-year-old kid is uh, bowling brilliantly. Um, so you could be your dad, can't you, nearly, no? <laughs> well, I didn't know that far. But, <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um, but no, he's, he's a great yeah. character. He's been a uh, very infectious personality. He's, he's brought a lot to the group. And uh, yeah, really pleased for everyone. You know, it's great to perform well, but you want to get the wins, as we spoke about before the match. And just for you, Josh, everyone is delighted back in the runs the old Josh Butler out there you passed 50 took your side to victory how pleased are you to be back in the runs and, and taking your side to a victory yeah really pleased um, you know I think as I said before you've got to keep turning up and keep um, believing it'll come back I think I was getting pretty fed up of, <laughs> of people questioning me and um, I've been a top player for a long period of time and wanted to show that today people sort of criticising you is there something that you see and read about when you sometimes feel You've been a bit disrespected, maybe, given everything you've done for this country over the last 10 years, or is that just part and parcel of being an international sportsman? No, that's part and parcel of the game, and, and I have bigger expectations than anyone else puts on me um, for myself. So uh, I've been you know, just frustrated not to play the way um, I have. I know when I play well, uh, the team plays well, so uh, it's nice to, to win the game today and, and spend some time in the middle. And your final question, oh goodness me, here, punched a butterfly there. A victory, is it now the belief, the confidence that They'll start to follow a bit more easy now? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, as we said, this is a new group here in, in the West Indies. It's the start of something. So we've only played two games uh, like this. Two really good performances. Only one win. Um, but we've got a decider to look forward to in Barbados. Great to see you in the rounds. We'll see you in Barbados, Joss. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Sam LL there with the questions. Uh, Steve, um, Joss hit the nail on the head there. When Joss Butler plays well, England tend to win cricket matches don't they and I, I, I'm guessing that that's kind of the frustration that since since he's taken over as captain since Owen um, retired uh, on that sunny day back in uh, in Amstelveen um, in the Netherlands you know Joss's own personal form perhaps affected by the you know the captaincy and all of the other considerations you have to have about all the other players in the group seems to have had an adverse effect on his batting batting works England win games and then perhaps his decision making and all the other things start to feel a little bit easier as well. Yeah, I think you obviously you, when you when you're going well, you see the game a lot clearer. You make good decisions. You make not so much good decisions. You make quick decisions. You make smarter your quick decisions, your smarter decisions because it, you go off instinct. And at the at the minute, up until oh, the last sort of three hours, Josh Butler wasn't really batting or playing on instinct. He was there was a little bit of fear in 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 what Josh was doing. Whether he was you know, his captaincy, some of his decision making and definitely with his batting and he's right when you know he's, he's always right when he says if he plays well then England play well the one thing I will say about Joss over the course of the last 10 games that England have struggled in or Joss has struggled in as well as England is that I don't think I don't think he's been helped by his team in putting a posi- putting him in a position to win games the reason why England get over the line and win by 30 runs 40 runs 50 runs is because they give them the the other team gives them a solid platform to go and express themselves to play the way we all love seeing the way Josh Butler plays or win the game with 10 overs to go 
that team hasn't turned up over the course of the last 10 games. And a little bit like Josh Butler's test career, I think for me, the last 10 games has shown a little bit like his test career that he he's going in 150 for five. You're not going to get the true Josh Butler. And I think over the course of the World Cup, just before it and, and the other day, England didn't put him in a position to be the real Joss Butler. He had to, he, he, and he's had a, he had a struggle with that. And I think all the other stuff that goes with being captain, I think has had a, an adverse effect on on him. And then, and, and that's natural because I think that's a human thing. That's not, yeah, you know, he's not superhuman. He's a w- unbelievable player, but he's not superhuman. And I think that's, I think that has to be recognised. He is the best that we've ever had. He's just proven that, and hopefully this is just a little starter to what's going to come. Joss Butler for the rest of this series, then going on, you know, he'll probably go on to the SA20, go on to the IPL, and then hopefully he's going to take us to, you know, to try and defend that T20 World Cup. Another thing that, that Joss said there in his interview, of course, is that this is the, the start of something new. We don't know, we're not entirely sure how many of the players um, from the from the World Cup squad that are not in the West Indies at the moment will continue to play um, ODI cricket. Some of them will, will without doubt, be integrated back into the side but this is a brand new team they're two games into it um, and there are some performances starting to happen from people We've how long have we been saying when is Liam Livingston going to start to live up to some of the expectation that doubtless he has of himself but also of the hype around what he could do if he cracks the game three for 39 today bowled beautifully bowled beautifully the, the first night looked as though he was just starting to get into a bit of rhythm with the ball before he got a with the bat before he got a bit of a grubber could this be without some of the bigger names around him could be that this be the time that Liam Livingston finally sort of stands up and shows us what he's got I think we all hope to hope so Butch I think because you know, nobody's a bigger fan than Liam Livingston for me than me over the course of you know the, the last few years but I, I, I've had to have been critical in the last probably two three months because He's not young anymore. It's not potential anymore. He, he, he's played a lot of cricket, a lot of cricket around the world. And we see so many times where you know, he has one good day and five or six bad ones. But hopefully when he's got a bit more responsibility on his shoulders, like he has done in this, he's a senior player now in this group. You know, fingers crossed that maybe he's the, the, the sort of spark that does catapult him into a, a run of form, which... He he goes well with the ball, which then knocks onto his bat because Liam Livingston with a batter is is dangerous. Liam Livingston with a ball has got so much to give. He's got so much talent, and the same in the field. But unfortunately, putting all that package together over the course of the last twelve to eighteen months, it's not been consistent enough for me. Okay, well he's got a chance, as do the rest of this uh, fledgling England team to uh, win a series in the Caribbean. Uh, Join us on Saturday where we will bring you live and exclusive coverage of the third and final one-day international from Barbados. It's 1-1. Can England go one better? Let's play. And he's on the way. First ball of the second game. Left arm over to the uh, left-handed Athenaise. And there's some swing. Casey Carty waits for Curran and he's caught a slip. Another edge for Sam Curran. And Brandon King doesn't survive this time. Flip round to a deep backwards go. They've taken one. They're coming back for two. And that's a half century for the skipper. Shea Hope. Oh, he's bowled him. He is bolding, the, the tamest of dismissals. There was no real reaction from a Butler behind the stump. Oh, he's knocked him over. Now that is a good bit of bowling. 
Liam Livingston and Hope is absolutely disgusted with himself. And to this one, it should be easily taken. It is easily taken. Joseph swings at this one, gets high under it. Bowler's there for the uh, court bowls, and Gus Atkinson ends the innings. The West Indies are bowled out for 202. Joseph in once again, shortest ball. Jacks takes it on huge into the leg side, and it'll travel all the way for six over. Long leg. Jacks pulling this one with fine leg up, and it's gone all the way for six as well. He has shown some real superiority in this innings, Will Jacks. Around the wicket. Ooh. Got him. Zach Crawley seemed like he was in some indecision there. Here is Duckett trying to sweep again. This time Morty's got him. And it is an absolute pie. It has been dumped 30 rows back over backward square leg and probably has a little bit of sauce on it now. Seemed to be a very confident young man. Not afraid to play shots. Not afraid to be aggressive. Left-handed throw. Oh. Joss Butler gets low on this one and just launches it over long on for six. Another ball with some air on it. Now Butler's got underneath this and it's going, going, gone for another one. Brooks sweeps and this time gets it in the gap. Loud cheers from the crowd. Brooke will finish on 43, Butler 58. More importantly, significant win for England in what is a new beginning for this team after the World Cup. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.